Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 406 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast, which if you're keeping score at home, that means we are 14 weeks away now from episode 420 and my quest to get Rob Van Dam as a part of this podcast. So RVD, if you're listening, please reach out. But someone who is a part of this week's podcast, Tyler Heath Hatton, who is gearing up for a very big night for Stride Pro Wrestling coming up on Saturday, September 10th. We're just about uh, a week and some change away from that big event coming up at the Sioux Drive Center in Marion, Illinois. It's the Stride Rumble. And Heath, Tyler, welcome. Welcome back. How are things going? Things are great. Just uh, recovered from COVID. My first time testing positive for COVID, actually. Um, And so, yeah, recovered and actually got to have my first workout in a gym today in five days so you guys know me you know how important that is so yes getting getting back to normal and feeling good yeah because you sold all of your gym equipment at home so you've really probably been jonesing to get to the gym yes i haven't i mean i've been doing (laughs) push-ups and sit-ups um just because i've been like I said, I don't really watch TV. It's not really my thing. I don't really sit down. I'm, that's not really how I operate. So being uh, stuck at home with nothing to do, I mean, you're not feeling good. So you obviously don't feel like doing anything. And, you know, I've just sat and watched movies and TV, and I am like ready to get out of this house. I understand. Well, we're going to talk about the Rumble Uh, and stride in just a few minutes, but I I want to talk about some uh, news and notes, if you will, uh, going on in the world of wrestling right now that are kind of topical and and whatnot. And the last time we did a podcast together, it was a bonus episode when Vince McMahon announced his retirement. And we weren't really sure what was going to happen. We kind of speculated on some things, but we now know, obviously, Triple H is in charge of, of creative and, and has brought back some names from the past that, uh, were recently or over the last year or two released. Uh, Johnny Gargano just came back uh, last week. We've seen uh, Karrion Cross come back as well and, and Scarlett Bordeaux. Uh, you know, bringing back these these players, w- what has been your impression so far of, of the Triple H regime? You know, do you notice a difference? I know, you know, some fans are cynical and are going to complain either way. Uh, but I've seen a lot of positive reaction and response and, and the stories that they're telling. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think it was on this podcast where I told you I would like to see a world where Triple H was the booker. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So smart. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I said that on here when we did our, our Vince McMahon retirement video, and, and I kind of said that. And I mean, you, you kind of see – I mean, I, I'm not a. I, I do not believe, and I could be wrong. I, I saw where where Nick Khan said that you know WWE could be going to a Netflix or something like that. Um, I I do not, and and I could be wrong, but I do not believe WWE looks at ratings anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think, and I think that's where 
them and AEW are different is AEW is on a, you know, their only thing besides pay-per-view. So they need ratings. They need people. Mm-hmm. I think WWE, we've talked about this before. They were ahead of the curve and where they are looking at streaming. I mean, yeah. the TV contracts are nice, um, obviously, but I think they are, you know, really looking at moving to streaming. So with that being said, you do notice because every single wrestling fan, I won't call them what I call you, Marcus, <laughs> or anything, but every wrestling fan in the world posts the ratings because right. they're trying to get that 90s nostalgia and, and, you know, they're posting about ratings and ratings and, you know, the Raw's ratings, you know, have gone up, yeah. you know, and you know, especially for a cable news, you know, or cable show, you know, I mean, getting over 2 million and, and stuff. And, and I think it's because... They're, they're doing stuff now where I think bringing back, you know, the Johnnies and the and the, um, the Karrion Cross or and all them, and you're bringing back these people and you're, you know, surprising them. I mean, that's why most people watch the the Wrestle or the Raw after WrestleMania mm-hmm. for the surprises. Sure. Who's going to show up and who's going to do this? And I think that's kind of what really in all honesty WWE got a, got away with the last few years is you could miss a Raw and you didn't really miss anything mm-hmm. and with that being said that was kind of the appeal of AEW at the beginning was who is going to show up what guy is going to show up now here's where I'm you know be devil's advocate on it is you have people tuning in now to see what's going to happen. What are you going to do to keep them? What right. are you going to do to grow it? Yeah. And so that's what I'm interested to see. Um, WWE has just been, I think, really great in some aspects and really bad. But it seems like, you know, Triple H is more trying to do storylines that appeal to people and getting people a little bit more edgier storylines, a little less, you know, comical and, and, you know, and I can remember just years ago telling people that why I always liked Triple H is it always seemed like he was always in the best storylines. And and I think like he just, I kind of always felt like that's what made him, you know, great as a worker was his storylines were always great and um so i i think he does have a good um knack for telling stories so you know right now yeah the buzz is on because he's bringing back people he's surprising people that's what aew did and i you know judging by ratings which i don't like you know they're not they're not growing right because now you know it's you have somebody show up you know it's like I talked about it on this podcast. You have CM Punk show up, and he walks out and just, for whatever reason, challenges Darby Allen, who's up in the rafters. There's no interaction. There's no nothing. Just, hey, I'm going to wrestle you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you had people tune in to watch it, but then after that, you know, you can Google and watch CM Punk matches. They want to see a story. They want to see why does he want to fight Darby Allen? And that's the... You know, and that, and so that's what I think WWE has to do. Okay, you have, you know, this guy back or this guy back. What are you going to do with them? Let me, like, what is their purpose? So uh, we'll get back to Punk in a second, but let me ask you this because it always feels like, and, and you, you, brought up an interesting point where you thought that Triple H's matches and programs were always more interesting. He obviously probably, especially in that you know latter half of his career in the ring, was you know, had that influence and, and was able to kind of dictate and, and kind of tell some of those stories. Um, you know, AEW has been kind of uh, put on a pedestal because they don't script things. They let the talent kind of go their own way and, and carve their own path. Um, whereas WWE was criticized because it was so regimented and, you know, you get a, a handed a sheet of paper with your promo on it. You have to memorize this. You have to do this and, and work to this camera and go to a commercial break at this point and get out of the... And so it was all very regimented. 
I think there's a happy medium, a happy balance somewhere in the middle, and I feel like Triple H is kind of bringing that. But as a talent yourself, how and someone who has been behind the scenes doing things as well, how important is it for the talent to have that much say in it? I do feel like there needs to be some control, um, and I feel like that's why WWE has been a 50-year entity and, and has survived. And now, you know, three years into AEW, and I'm not going to throw in a, a bunch of rumor and innuendo, but there are alleged cracks in the foundation, if you will, whereas... You know, six months ago, a year ago, everybody was, uh, you know, farting rainbows when it came to AEW and, and, and their outlook. So I, I imagine there's got to be some balance. I mean, I know you give some of the, the folks at Stride Pro Wrestling some leeway as well, but there has to be that voice that kind of keeps everybody in check, right? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there has to be. I mean, as a talent, I kind of feel like what you heard from WWE is you got a sheet of paper. And not very many guys knew the direction of where it was going. Mm -hmm. And so, like, and I mean, that's how AAPW was the first year we were on TV. Like, nobody knew where the story was. You just got told when you got there. Mm. And so you really didn't know how to tell a story. You didn't know, okay, what direction is this going? What am I building towards? Like, how, you know, and, and as a talent, I think that's what you needed to do. And I think, like, AEW is kind of that way in a sense of you guys go out and work, you have this, you have a promo, you're going to be talking about this, go do it. And so I like, yeah, you have freedom and you have, you know, leeway, but you know, just when I, I was on TikTok when the CM Punk uh, promo came up mm -hmm. and I remember watching it and I texted a buddy of mine and I said, is Hangman Page injured? And he's like, no. And I was like, Oh, He's like, why? And I, I thought that that's why CM Punk called him out. I thought that he called him out because he knew he was injured. And I'm like, no. So he wasn't injured. He was there. And CM Punk called him out. And then he didn't get a chance to. So I knew there was something off there. Mm -hmm. And as a worker, you wouldn't call somebody out that wouldn't make the call unless that person is a heel and they're being a chicken, you know? Right. Um, so it didn't make any sense. So I knew right then. I'm like, okay. He went into business for himself, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's just wrestling one hundred and one. Um, but I think, as a talent, you need to know what direction you're going. This is what you need. You need to know what the end game is, and so that way you can tell the story. And then I think you should be allowed to have some sort of input, some sort of like. Okay, well, I kind of want to talk about this, or I kind of want to go there, or I think our match should include this because we're trying to get to this at a later date. I think with with the way it was before, you didn't get that. I think it was, um, you know, you were trying to and, and appease investors or whatever. Um, and I think with AEW, it was so golden at the beginning because you only had a select few amount of guys that were there. Mm -hmm. And so you could utilize them and guys could get on, you know, TV all the time. Well, then you start signing people and you start, you know, you sign Sting and you sign Rusev and you sign John Moxley and you sign Daniel Bryan and you, you know, you, and you start Adam Cole and then, you know, you sign, um, uh, Charlotte Flair's husband and, and Ruby, and you start signing all these amazing talents, great workers, but you have a two-hour-a-week TV show. Right, right. And, I mean, right then and there, I mean, I just gave you – that's not including the guys that were there before. Right. The Hangman Pages and the Eddie Kingston's and all these guys, and even, you know, the Marco Stunts and all these guys that were there, Cody Rhodes, uh, the Young Bucks, the Revival. And, I mean, I'm telling you – all these guys and i mean i just gave you probably 14 or 15 guys how do you get them all in a two hour a week tv show i mean you would have if you gave them all you know three minutes with commercials you know right there is already over an hour mm -hmm. and they just got three minutes right and so that's the problem that they're running into is you know tv time and what you're doing and that was the best piece of advice I ever got in OVW was from, from Jesse Goddard's. And I remember he told me the most important thing is your TV time. 
That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Your TV time and what you do with it on that TV time. And and that, at the time, me, I was a nobody. My job was to go out and get squashed. And that's kind of how it always was. But I, I understood, okay, when I'm out there, I got to make the most of my TV time. I got to make the most of it. And I think that's what guys are trying to do. And then there kind of seems to be a, I don't get my way. I'm going to ask for my release. I'm going to quit or I'm going to cause a stink backstage. And, you know, I think that's kind of where, you know, you talked about the the leaks and the, and the cracks and all this stuff. I think that's what's happened mm-hmm. is you have so many guys and um, they just can't get them all on TV and they can't give them all storylines. And I mean, I wish I knew what episode it was me and you, but we did a thing and I told you, two years ago or whatever that Cody Rhodes was the most popular wrestler on the planet. I felt like he was number one Mm -hmm. because he went against WWE and I was like, I don't know why AEW isn't like sending him to the moon. Like he gets the biggest reaction. It doesn't matter. Booze or cheers. It doesn't matter. He's getting a reaction. Right. And people tune in. and, And I can remember like the first time they did a huge number was like, you know, when he went for the title, he said, if I don't win, you know, I'll never go for it again. And they bragged about the number they did. And it was because people were invested in him. And then, you know, and, and then WWE, I mean, look what, what they did, were able to do with him in a short amount of time. And, um, you know, and so I just, I kind of feel like, you know, I, I kind of feel like what that is, if you want my opinion, about what is missing in wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of thinking on this, and you, yeah. I think somebody like you will agree with me. If you think back to the 80s and 90s, what made Hulk Hogan so great was the heels that he went against. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hated them. I mean, they were Soviet Union, or you know, right. they were with Bobby the Brain Heenan, or like they legit like hated him. Yeah, for like, or hated the heels because they were against Hogan, and that's what made you bring was just the, the hatred for these heels. Then, if you look at like WWE, so you had Shawn Michaels, who was the top heel, who was a like he was a cool heel. Mm-hmm. He was cool. The ladies liked him. He went out and, and did his cool promos where he talked about your sunny days and he was funny and he danced and you know and he was cool and what happened to wwe ratings they crashed yeah then hogan turns heel and at the very beginning he was a legit heel people hated him sure they hated kevin nash and they hated scott hall they weren't cool they hated him Mm -hmm. he was like he ruined their dreams and then what happened was they became cool yeah Hogan became cool. Kevin Nash and them, they were cool. They were doing cool stuff. Their promos were cool. They were burying people because they could. And then what happened to WWE? You get Vince McMahon, who people just hated. Yeah. And people hated him, and people couldn't stand him. And you had The Rock, who people hated and couldn't stand. And then you go in after that, you go into the 2000s with Kurt Angle who was an Olympic gold medalist on better than you people hated him. Same thing with triple H married to Stephanie man. People hated him. You've always had these good heels and you had CM Punk who did a really good job of being a heel. And a lot of it was, I think that's a whole different story. But anyway, nowadays I just like, I feel like that's what's changed for WWE is they've made Roman Reigns a heel. Now he's turning into a cool heel a little bit. People mm-hmm. are liking him. But I think that is what the problem is in wrestling, is you just don't have that heel. You know, people in AEW, like CM Punk going out and cutting his promo, he's cutting it so people share it, and they post about it, and they think it's cool. And it was a cool promo. You know, he buried... You know, Moxley, and he talked about being the third best and beating the third best Kingston or whatever, you know. So he's saying all this cool stuff that people like to hear. 
And, you know, it, it's that's what I think is the difference. Like, Daniel Bryan did such a good job when he did the for the planet heel turn, you know, because yeah. people hated it because it yeah. was stupid. And right. people hated it. And he did it because, you know, he thought it was great. And the same thing with Bray Wyatt. Like, it was cool. Like, the the Fiend thing was great at the start, and then it kind of fell apart because it was cool. So that's my long, drawn-out opinion of what's wrong with wrestling is you just right now in the last few years, you don't have a legit heel Mm-mm. that people want to see lose and get behind. And I mean, that's what made the Miz so great in that feud with him and Cena when the rock came back Yeah, is, you know, people hated him because they felt like he didn't deserve that spot and he got it. But they didn't want to cheer for him because it was Cena. But then you had The Rock, and I mean, he did such a good job of, of being a heel that it made people, you know, want to tune in and see it. And and I just think that, in my opinion, I was thinking about that because I've had nothing but time to just sit here <laughs> and think. I was thinking about that's what I feel like is missing in wrestling. It's just who is that person that people are tuning in or paying to watch to lose? Yeah. You don't really, you know, so. I agree. Um, You know, I, I, when I I was thinking back to when I was a kid and, you know, I was, you know, Hulk Hogan and Kerry Von Erich and the Ultimate Warrior and the Junkyard Dog and Jimmy Snuka, you know, those were the guys that I loved to watch and cheer for. And then, you know, Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Ric Flair and... Um, you know, the Hart Foundation and, and the Four Horsemen, they, I hated them. I, I legitimately, as a kid, you know, and, and as a tween, hated these guys. But then, you know, I don't know what changed, but, you know, then it's like, okay, well, Piper turned face, obviously. But, you know, going back and looking at Piper and it's like, I love that guy. You know, I think he's one of the best as far as, as the heel work goes. Um, so I think as we grow older as fans, too, we our perception or our perspective changes on uh, these characters in and in, in and out of the ring. And I think that with the growth of social media and it's now cool to, you know, tweet or, you know, Instagram or tag whomever in, in a post and then they respond or they react to it. And, you know, how many times do we see, and I do it all the time. If, if one of the wrestlers, responds to one of my tweets i always snap it to you guys and you know you call me mark and whatever but you know it's that it's that response it's that cool being you know even if it is a guy that i'm supposed to be booing or hating and and you know back in the 80s obviously we didn't have social media but you would have never seen that kind of mentality you know from from the locker rooms you know you had two separate locker rooms you had guys that traveled separately you know heels and faces didn't travel together. They didn't go hang out other than when Hacksaw and Iron Sheik got busted with drugs back in 1987 in, uh, in New Jersey. But, you know, besides that, you really didn't see the two sides fraternizing together. So, uh, you know, you talked about there's not a heel right now. MJF is somebody that is always brought up. But again, I feel like he is that cool heel. He plays the part very well, but everybody seems to love him and they're really chomping at the bit for him to come back. Do you think he's going to come back to AEW? And I thought they kind of did that big quick finish the other night uh, with, with Punk beating or with Moxley beating Punk to bring um, MJF back into the fold. And I, I But I thought it was going to go the other way where MJF was going to uh, cost moxley the championship and to get a shot then at punk but obviously that's not the way they're going so what are your thoughts on mjf i mean i think he's going to come back uh i do i mean i i think you know i you know just by you know tony khan he doesn't hide anything Mm-mm. i mean you know he puts it out there he wants you to yeah you know he, he i mean he kind of has that eric bischoff in him where he wants you <laughs> to know he's in charge and he wants you to know he booked that he wants you to know yeah and right or wrong, I mean, he just, you know, he wants you to know. And, um, and you know, he's made it no stones that, like, I have this guy signed till this year. This guy's till this year. I have this guy till this year. And I just don't see him letting people out of their contracts. Yeah. Um, and so, 
I just I don't see it. And I could be wrong, but I think he'll be back. Now, as far as how do I feel about him as a heel, um, you know, he, you know, his his promo was exactly what people wanted to hear. You know, you his promo was it was strategically in what people tweet about and what people say, and it was strategically in what Tony Khan repeats, mm-hmm. what Tony Khan, you know, says. Um, you know, and and it was. Um, you know, and, and it was cussing and everything else that is the complete opposite of what WWE is. Now, I think, um, I think he's right now the probably besides Roman Reigns, the the hottest wrestler out there. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's he's you know he's done a great job of marketing himself. He's done a great job with promos and. You know he's a good worker so and he's he has all this questions like where is he what is he doing where's he going to be so um i think if they come back and they utilize him right and i think i think if he comes back and he does the exact opposite of what aew fans want the complete you know if he comes back and i didn't want to come back i don't want to you know if he was just i don't want to be in this crappy company you know i don't want to be here it's horrible the booking's terrible the workers are this to work i mean if he came back and did that because he likes to flirt with the realization of stuff like aew fans would hate him and he'd be a legit heel mm-hmm. you know he would be and then mm-hmm. whoever it is whether it's moxley or whoever comes back and, and feuds with him i i just i i don't think aew fans like, I think people are no longer getting behind CM Punk. And I could mm-hmm. be wrong. No, I think you're you right. And, and I think it is because it does seem like when I don't get my way, like, I'm not fun to work with. Yeah. And I'm a headache. And and now, again, this is dirt sheets and this is people. And, and CM Punk is brilliant at working marks over yeah. and working fans over and he is really good at it. But I mean, the whole thing with Adam Page, I mean, that was definitely, you could tell that was going into business for himself mm. 100%. And, you know, and so I just, I think people are kind of tired of the drama that's surrounding it. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like whenever he's involved in something, there's always kind of something off. So I don't think fans are getting behind him anymore. Um, so I don't know if him versus MGF is really what 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 they would want. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and I look. I know he's hurt, but I mean, what I would I mean what I would imagine would be the perfect scenario would be a, um, a Daniel Bryan. You know, because fans love him. Mm-hmm. Sure. And you know, and, and so. Um, you know, and, and like, you know, and just and talk about dropping the ball, you know, I mean, just with him and Adam Cole and all them and their debut, I mean, just like talk about falling flat. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just imagine if they had, I mean, just imagine if at that time where they were at, when you had Adam Cole and CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, I mean, just imagine if they did a Royal Rumble wink wink like strides about to do but they did a royal rumble and the first week you're at chicago and you introduce the first person to be entered in the royal rumble and then cm punk comes out and then the next week you're wherever and you announce the next entrance and you bring out somebody else but you're counting down to this and then the week two weeks before you bring out adam cole he's going to be in the rumble and then the next week, you bring out Daniel Bryan. Like, imagine how many people buy that pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have two huge surprises, and you bring them out the same night with no real story behind it. I mean, just I just feel like the ball was totally dropped on, like, you know, it, it, you look at CM Punk, they always talk about his first pay-per-view, how big the number was. 
because you told him he was going to be there. Right, and right. you told him he was going to wrestle his first match in seven years. Like, that's why, I mean, but anyway, that's just... Well, I'm not, I'm going to ask you one last question on that, and then we're going to shift to the the rumble, like you said. Um, You know, six months ago, I would have never imagined Cody Rhodes in WWE, and now he's you know once he's back from his injury, I I still think they'll continue to uh, push him like they were before before he got hurt. But do you think CM Punk will ever go back to WWE now? Now that you know, there's a new administration, so to speak. I know he had a lot of harsh words for Triple H and Stephanie when he was there, but um, you know, I I never expected Cody Cody Rhodes and CM Punk were probably two of the last people I ever thought I would see in a WWE ring. Ryback probably number three. Um, do you think Punk ever goes back? I don't, and I'll tell you why. My my reason why Punk number one, like Fox wanted him. Mm-hmm executives wanted him but the people that mattered didn't want him yeah and they were not willing and like cm punk said oh they were playing games or they wouldn't really talk to me they wouldn't really they showed a little bit of interest but you know like so i mean they really didn't push and when they found out he was thinking about going to ew they still were like go ahead and go like they didn't really make a big effort for him the people that are in charge like with cody rhodes like he like he bad mouthed like you know when he did all his interviews and stuff he always bad mouthed WWE now I know he smashed Triple H's throne and stuff mm-hmm. and, you know but I mean he really just talked about you know WWE and how they held people back but he really didn't come out a whole lot of times and just crap on Vince McMahon right you know or crap on this person and you know, and, and to an extent, and, you know, like, he even always said, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I did read something where he always said Triple H was his favorite wrestler. Mm. So, I mean, even though he, you know, he, he crapped on him, he still had that respect for him. He just didn't like the way WWE went. Now, so when he came back, like, you know, he went back to deal with, Bruce Pritchard, who has always on his podcast talked about how much he liked the Rhodes' family Mm -hmm. and how close he was to Dusty, you know, and, and so you, uh, so, so with that, like the people that he was dealing with, Cody Rhodes had a pretty good relationship with, um, now CM Punk, all the people that are in charge now, I mean, Road Dog came out and has openly bad mouthed. CM Punk on you know his podcast and and always said he doesn't get it and he's never got the scene he knows he's over but he just doesn't get it and now he's in charge there yeah. and then Triple H who like CM Punk has openly had issues with and you know bad mouth on the Colt Cabana podcast and all you know all that and so all the people that are in charge it seems like are the ones that had the biggest issues with it that had the biggest issues with, you know, with, with dealing with him. So I can't see him going back because, you know, it, it kind of seemed like CM Punk had a pretty decent relationship with Vince McMahon. And, and wasn't it like, I'm wanting to say, wasn't it like after the court scandal and all that, I could be wrong, but I'm not 90% sure that Vince McMahon followed CM Punk on Twitter. Mm. Wasn't that, I, I think you might like be right, yeah. A year or so after the court thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, I think when you hear CM Punk talk, you know, about, like, I went in and told Vince, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Like, I think he had a pretty good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I think it was everybody else under him. The producers, the writers, you know, the doctors. I think that was his issue. And now all those people are the ones that are in charge. So... You know, and then also it was, you know, like, I think he even said, you know, CM Punk had even said, like, he didn't want to wrestle Triple H at WrestleMania because, he, like, he, he didn't need it. Like, I, didn't, I don't need a wrestling you type of thing. So, um, you know, I think that's kind of the, you know, what would hold him back from ever going there is the people that are in charge. I, and then, again... 
people that are hearing this, this is just my opinion. <laughs> but I could be completely wrong. I have no insight. I don't know. I don't know CM Punk. I don't like, you know, I don't have any relationship with him or Tony Khan or Triple H. Um, I'm just a mark like all of you. So <laughs> below average wrestler and I'm a mark, but that's just my opinion from, from looking and I don't really read the dirt sheets that much. It's kind of what Kevin sends me. Um, <laughs> and so um, I don't, that's just, that's my opinion of why I don't think he'll go back is I feel like the people that are in charge are the ones that he always had the most issues with. Makes sense. So, you you mentioned it earlier, Stride Pro Wrestling is doing, you know, we've done Battle Royals before, we've done, you know, the Stride Rumble, but, uh, you know, this is a, a first time uh, in the history, the six and a half year history of Stride, a 30-man, over-the-top rope, Royal Rumble style match. We're going to do it just like WWE does it. So, tell me about the inspiration for going with such a big show because obviously we don't have 30 members on our roster so we're bringing back some names from the past as well to to make this a, a really star-studded night well you know i had uh it started with the last few months i've had more and more former people message me wanting to come back and do stuff mm -hmm. and you know and and a couple other you know companies um had kind of you know, that are running right now. They're taking hiatuses and stuff. And, and you know, I had guys reaching out and, and, and wanting to work and wanting to wrestle. And, you know, and you know me, if you're a friend of mine and I consider you a friend and you don't talk bad about me behind my back or you don't, you know, disrespect me, then if I have a wrestling company and you want to wrestle, I'll find a way for you to wrestle. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just kind of how I've always been. And, so I have all these people that have reached out and, and said things and they want to do things. And, um, and then you have guys that, you know, um, have been injured or gone for a while and, you know, they're looking to come back. And, and so the inspiration was I had people that had been messaging me saying they wanted to come do something and maybe looking at coming back. And, and, uh, and, you know, I had, I, I actually, I always have on, on a Google doc, I have the booking sheet and then I have kind of, you know, I usually write down ideas if I'm sitting and I'm bored. And anyway, I just had all these people that had messaged me and I was writing their names down and I was like, man, a battle Royal would be cool. And then I'm like, it would be even cooler if we did a Royal room. Mm -hmm. If I had them, you know, so we could do surprises and all that. And then, you know, I, I, got to typing this was this was actually a couple months ago and i got to typing what it would look like and how we could do it and then um and then another uh you know uh, another person got hurt and i was like well what if we did this and they were going to be back at this and then that was kind of how it started i had all these people and I was like, man, I could actually, I think I could tell a pretty good story um, with this. And then we have the 22nd of October. We're doing a Halloween show for Jerry. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, we got to get some matches for that. So, okay, like, how can I incorporate that? And so um, that's kind of how it started was I had all these guys and, you know, and to be honest, like, um, people are, do you have, do you, are you sure you even have 30 people and all this? And I've actually had to tell people no, that they can't come, but I just don't have room for them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we have 30 people and, um, and so that's kind of really honestly how it started. And then, you know, and I've always, always been fascinated, you know, like, uh, when, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, when Adam came to town and, and he helps book the rumble and, um, and me and him went out and had dinner and sat and, and talked for a while. And he kind of explained to me how they booked for the rumble mm. and how him and Shane and, you know, all this was a few years ago. And, 
the thought process behind it and why they put people in certain numbers. And it was fascinating to me because we all know my favorite part now is booking. Mm -hmm. I enjoy booking and I enjoy booking the story. And, and so with the rumble, you know, I get to book the whole story and I get to book, you know, the eliminations. And it's not like a battle Royal where it's like, okay, Kevin, you're winning the battle Royal. Everybody else. The last two is, is Kevin and Tyler. Right. However you want to get to it, get to it. Just make sure the last two are these. And with the Royal Rumble though, it's got to kind of be different because you have people coming in and, and so it was just fascinating to me and I wanted to be able to do it and I wanted to be able to, to kind of see if I could book it and, and, and to be honest, you know, time will tell how it works. Out. I mean, it may be, uh, I mean, I may be the worst person ever at booking a rumble and I know never to do it again, but so have I think you by looking at it, I think it's going to be a pretty good thing. Have you been in a, you know, obviously I know you've done battle Royals. Have you ever done for any other companies, this kind of Royal rumble concept where it's yeah. a progressive battle Royal from a talent perspective, talk about that because I, I, I've heard a lot of, you know, different podcasts and, you know, guys like Arn Anderson and, and Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle have all talked about battle Royals and how they kind of suck because it's just, you you know, you're ducking fists and, and, and knees and elbows and all this and that. Whereas in a, in a Royal Rumble, you're able to tell that story and it, it gets progressive and you may reach 10 guys in there and then seven of them get eliminated or whatever. So it's kind of refreshing the, the pot, so to speak. So is that your kind of perspective on it as well? Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of Battle Royals. I know I've booked a bunch of them and done them. Um, and I've wrestled in a bunch of them, but no, yeah, battle royals are, you know, as a worker, as a wrestler, um, you are constantly listening to the crowd and constantly selling to the crowd and a battle royal, like you're not, Mm -hmm. you are to an extent, but you don't know if they're watching just you. Right. You're the last two left. Yeah, they're only they're watching everything, trying to make sure they don't miss somebody going over the top rope. So if somebody is doing a spot or running or has them, they're looking at that, so they're not watching you. So you're like, it, it's hard to actually stay selling and stay working. Now in a Royal Rumble, like you're feeding. So if somebody comes in hot, you know you're feeding, and they get to do a spot. They usually talk that out. So. It's a lot easier for you as a wrestler or a worker to um, to figure it out and and to, and to sell and actually work. And so, yeah, battle royals they like they're just the worst. You know, I'm usually if I'm not winning it, I'm like just throw me out. You know? <laughs> like no, there's nothing worse than being in a battle royal and them telling you you're going to be second to last. You know, <laughs> because you got to stay the whole time and yeah. you're not winning the dang thing. So um, you have to stay, and yeah, battle royals, man, they can be, they can just be the worst. Um, and um, that's probably my, you know, unless you're winning it, that's probably my least favorite thing to do is a, is a battle royal. Yeah, um, I, I feel like my perspective of of battle royals has changed from when I was a kid. I enjoyed watching them as a kid because you know usually you had the big guy in there like Andre the Giant or you know somebody. Uh, who is is you know destined to win this thing but with with the royal rumble concept you know it it does give guys like daniel bryan or rick flair or uh cm punk you know those smaller guys uh an opportunity to win as well whereas with battle royals back in the day it was you know king kong bundy or andre the giant or you know some big giant massive guy that you couldn't get over the top rope um so that's what i i like about the royal rumble and the concept of the uh, you know the WWE Royal Rumble obviously dates back 35 years this fall. Um, you know I know a lot of people think it's in January and, and whatnot, but the very first Royal Rumble was actually held in St. Louis at a house show. It was 12 men, um, and I can still remember as a kid. You know I was a freshman in high school when this happened. I remember reading, or not reading, but seeing the ad for it in the newspaper. Um, that eventually uh, the one-man gang won. 
Um, and, you know, they tweaked the, the concept of it, but the ad in the paper said, you know, every two minutes a, a new person comes out until there's just one winner. And then, you know, three months later, we, we got that on the USA Network um, in January of 1988 with Big John Stu or I'm sorry, with Hacksaw Jim Duggan winning that one. So uh, I've been a huge fan of the Royal Rumble. Every year it comes around, I get excited because it has, you know, through the years it's evolved, obviously, and you have that surprise factor, which I think is going to make the Stride Rumble so unique as well because, like you said, there's, you know, a lot of talent on the Stride roster right now, but there's also a lot of, uh, of talent that we haven't seen in some cases years that is going to be a part of this. And I think the fans are going to be really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think a lot of fans have asked. And, and you know, I, I really hope that we have a, a pretty good turnout. Um, you know, and, and you know, I think it's something they haven't seen at Stride. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of names that I think people are going to be excited to see that are going to be there that they haven't seen in a while and that are coming back and, and coming and you know it's uh you know again and i like to do stuff that i mean you had asked me if i've done a royal rumble i don't know a whole lot of guys who have done royal rumbles and uh -huh. stuff and um and so you know for me it's uh you know i like giving people opportunities to do stuff that they wouldn't normally get to do, you know, or, or so that way if they do go somewhere bigger, you know, OBW has the nightmare rumble and, you know, stuff like that. And, and so that way, you know, how it works and you know, um, kind of how to stick to a queue and, and, you know, and I mean, like you said, everybody loves watching the Royal rumble. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're, if you're a wrestler, you are pretty much a fan at some point. Sure. So, you know, you, you know, you do want to be able to be in one and, um, you know, and then we're doing it where the, you know, the number, the person who wins it gets a title shot and, you know, and, um, which I th think is kind of, um, puts a cool, puts a cool spin on it, especially for us. And, you know, and, um, you know, uh, uh, now that I'm on the, the back nine of my wrestling career, as you would say, and, um, you know, just, you know, the whole reason i said it a million times, the whole reason I have Stride is for the guys, you know, to get to work someplace local and get to do stuff, you know, that they want to do and get to do, you know, uh, stories and, and get to have, you know, matches and feud and, and, and work with people and, you know, and, um, you know, like uh, we have a, a former guy who, I used to wrestle with that came out the last show and distracted, you know, Shane Rich and, you know, somebody who took care of me over my career and wanted to come back. And I'm like, well, of course, mm -hmm. you know, we have Mike Masters. She's going to be there. Who's wrestling Dexter Roswell, you know, for the, for the title and, you know, which, um, you know, and, so, and stuff like that is just, you know, exciting for me because, um, like, I think it's good for people like, you know, Dexter to work with like a Mike Masters mm -hmm. who works a, a, just a completely different style than most people work today, you know, and, 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 you know, Mike will do such a good job of, of getting heat and getting the crowd on him, you know, uh, just to me, that is, you know, that's what I try to give to somebody like Garrett, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, here you go, you know, I know, you know, he has aspirations of, of going someplace bigger, you know, and someplace and, you know, so, okay, you know, here's this and, you know, and then you have our trainees, you know, I have, um, we have a new trainee, you know, Jeff, who's been training for a while. He's going to be in the Royal Rumble, um, which, you know, is exciting, you know, and, um, and then, you know, CW Ray who trained and he's back from injury, he's going to be in the Rumble. So getting their feet wet in front of a crowd and getting to have music played. And then Logan, you know, Ridge, who's going to be in the Royal Rumble, who has been working for a while. And, you know, and, you know, I just, I, I feel like that's kind of what Stride is, is giving people opportunities. And, um, and you know, I am not at all the end-all, be-all. You know, I don't. I don't claim to be. I don't think I know everything. I don't. Um, but I feel like I have a pretty good 
grip on what people are looking for or or what they can improve on and so i you know i'm still at a point where i enjoy giving back to the business only because it gave so much good stuff to me so um i like to be able to give back and you know tell this person you need to do this you know this is what you need to do and i mean heck just yesterday i had like a 40 minute conversation um with uh Dexter Roswell about what he could do as a baby face, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, because he's always been a heel. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was, you know, when, uh, when I came up with the Dexter, you know, with the character, he came up with the name, but when I came up with what I wanted him to do, it was during the, the presidential election. And, and I wanted him to, you know, focus on the opposite political stuff that someone only cared about. And then, you know, he did the thing with, with El Magnifico, you know, and, and I mean, just, and so from then he was just always been a heel. And so, um, and, and then now, you know, the longer you do this, it's so hard to be a heel, you know, it, it just, it really is. But for me, it was hard to be a baby, you know, um, after a while, but somebody who's been a heel in the, in this area that works local and works at other companies. Like, it's hard to be a heel. It's hard to still, you know, be a heel. I mean, um, I'll, I'll never forget when him and uh, and Scott Phoenix was having their, their, you know, their best of seven there at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's beating the crap out of Scott with a chair or whatever it was, and the crowd was cheering for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they were cheering for Scott, too. Right, They right. were also cheering for him. And, and so, okay, and so, you know, now it's, you know, okay, what are some things I can do as a baby face? And so like, I enjoy those conversations because people legit want to know because they want it to work. And, and that's what I, like, I enjoy having those conversations. What I can't stand is when, you know, somebody calls me and they're like, Hey, I was thinking so-and-so is the, <laughs> is the champion. How would you feel if me and him, and they tell me this booking idea, how they <laughs> basically want to win the title? You know, or they want to beat this guy. Or, yeah. And I'm like, ah, you know, that's, that's irrelevant in my opinion on what's going to help make you a good wrestler if you hold a belt. Like, I would much rather answer questions about what can I do to be a better baby face? What can I do to be a better healer? What is What should I do in this instance? You know, and so that's what I enjoy. And, um, and so that's kind of a long tangent off of what we were talking about, but... Well, um, let that's me... kind of the the whole premise behind the rumble is I've never booked one. Yeah, I wanted to book one, and I've never, uh, and a lot of these guys have never done one. Yeah, and sure. So um, you know, kind of let's see what happens. I mean, I will let everybody know that despite your best efforts, you are not in the rumble. <laughs> that is true. I am not in the rumble, uh, w- which is a good thing, you know. Uh, Give that uh, spot to someone else that is obviously more deserving of it. Um, one thing I, I, you know, the undercard, you mentioned, you know, Dexter and Mike Masters wrestling for the championship. We've got a tag team title match uh, with B-Rad and, and Axe Allward, who are the new Stride Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions, defending uh, against Bo Sawyer and Clayton Clark. And then you're facing off against cash and i i said on this podcast a couple weeks ago when i recorded one by myself and i I, you know i i really and i continue to kind of rack my brain i don't know if there has been a rivalry in stride that has been quite this way and i don't know if you agree with that or not but i feel like you two have this chemistry with each other you know you've you've and you've wrestled before things got really intense and and you know, late 2020 and into 2021, and now, you know, we're into 2022 and, and Cash is back and, and that rivalry has intensified once again. What say you? Do you feel like Cash, and I know I'm not asking you to pick favorites or, or you know, put anyone above anyone else, but I really think that you and Cash, when it comes to those uh, those rivalries, you've got to be in the top five of, of stride rivalries. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, um, I, I think, you know, and, and I don't know, 
but um i think the fact that like um like cash is so good at what he does and um you know he 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 knows his character he knows what he wants to do and he's so talented as a worker but what he's he had he's honed in on his character mm-hmm. he's honed in on everything about him when he wants to do something it is thought out and he knows what he wants to do and i think with me i'm really good at storytelling as far as in the ring in the match or as far as a, a storyline and so we gel so well because cash knows exactly what he wants to do and he knows exactly how he wants it to go with his character so he's able to to tell me that and you know and i i've always told everybody like the perfect the perfect wrestler is somebody whose goal is to get the other person over so we we talked about on this podcast me and Cash argued for a week about who should win the match at Stradiversary. I wanted Cash to win. Cash wanted me to win. Mm. I mean, that's how that went. And yeah. um, and so I think when you have that, you have um, good chemistry because right. we were both – neither one of us cared who won because the story won. People were so – I mean, the highest-rated YouTube – that we got was during that time, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, people were tuning in and I get it during COVID and people couldn't go out, but, um, people were really invested in that. And, um, and, and I think as far as, yeah, as that, I mean, I do think it works because, um, like cash is so good at running me down because, you know, he is, he's playing a character people don't understand that you know that, that's not him right, you know? right. I mean, he doesn't live with four creepy guys you know and, and you know he doesn't break into people's houses and stuff and, you know and but i mean he's playing a character and he understands so well how people view me wrestlers as well how how like hate to be that way but me and you have talked about it in private just how people are jealous Mm -hmm. you know people are jealous that like where i've been and what i've got to do and the and the relationships that i've built or whatever they're they're jealous for whatever reason and cash gets that and he understands that and so he does such a good job of like throwing it in my face now why it works in my opinion so well is I don't give a crap. <laughs> I mean, I don't care that people don't like me and I don't care that people are jealous or mad or don't care about what I think or what, you know, it doesn't, doesn't affect me. And so I'm able to give that back to him and be genuine with it. And he's being genuine with what he said because he knows that's what people believe. And that's what people think he should believe. Um, and I mean, I like I've I've said this before. I used to go uh, to SNPW, and this is this is honest to God truth. When we were at Strictly Insane, I used to look and see when Cash's segment was, or when he was going to wrestle, and I would go watch. Mm. Now he would use language that was not appropriate to use at Stride or whatever. But, like, he knew the crowd, and he knew the environment, and he knew what they wanted to hear and what they didn't want to hear, and he was brilliant at it. And I can remember telling the guy that that owned it that I wanted to work with him. That's Mm -hmm. who I wanted to work with. Um, And because I knew it would work. And and so, um, you know, there there is just – certain people that I feel like on the indies that are so talented that like, I mean, you know, I feel like Axe Allworth's one of those. If mm-hmm. Axe Allworth was on TV, like it would work. Mm-hmm. They could find something yeah. because he's just, he knows what his character is and he knows what he wants it to be. And Cash is that way. Like Cash is somebody who I feel like could be on AEW and, 
and people would tune in to watch him mm-hmm. because he he knows what he is and he and he's so comfortable with it and even the way he wrestles like i mean he he, he you know he has this character where you know he is you know uh, a rough you know mentally ill you know possible serial killer but then he's also a wrestler, so he'll hit you with a wrestling move, and then instead of going for a pin, he bites your head. Right, yeah. You know, just something that you would expect from somebody that's playing that character. Or, you know, and he's just so good at, like, you know, talking to the crowd, but then letting you fire up on him, and then doing a wrestling move, and then, you know, like I said, biting your hand, or biting this, or trying to pull out a knife. It's just stuff that, like, you would expect. He never gets out of character. And so, as a worker or a performer, when you know that going into it, it's just magic. And um, and I feel like, I don't ever like to say this, but I do feel like we have really good chemistry. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like you can watch it in the matches and the way the crowd reacts and the way the crowd gets into it because we do have really good chemistry. And I think, you know, there are certain people that you wrestle that you're like, that you're friends with. Like I have people that I am friends with that I, that I hang out with. And when I wrestle them, we do not have good matches. Mm. We just don't have, we just don't have it. Yeah. And, um, but I feel like with cash, I know it's going to be good. And I know the chemistry's there and I know, and, a lot of times when I work, I call the match. Even majority of the time, like if I wrestle a veteran, they'll have me call it, and they'll let me call the match. Um, Cash, I, I'll let Cash call it. Um, because I know, now I'll input, but, you know, and and if you were to watch it, I don't feel like you would know that I wasn't calling the match. Um, yeah. And that's just because... I feel like he's so talented and I feel like he's so, you know, um, he's so good at it. And he's, you know, I mean, look at his group, the forgotten that he's brought in, you know, I mean, I mean, just think of the Pulaski County fair, mm-hmm. how much they were hated by these. Ones. Right. Right. P- people came to our show from that. Fair, right. You know, yeah. The yeah. next night we had people, that came to our show after watching us at the Pulaski County Fair, and they commented on our Facebook page that they wanted to see how the story played out. Yeah, an hour away. That and was the pretty whole cool. Story for the Pulaski County Fair was was Cash's group. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Think about a few years ago when you know Cash had all the belts, and we did a whole show for <laughs> Jamie Woodworth where she made you know four thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, and the show was called Cash It In. Mm-hmm. And the whole show was based off of cash. Yeah. The whole she wrestled three times in one night. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'd like to, to say that, you know, it's me and it's my booking or it's whatever. But I mean, uh, you know, and I know this probably makes the fans mad because it's breaking kayfabe. But, but I mean, cash is, you know, our, our rivalry works and our story works because of what he brings to the table, you know, as as far as storytelling and booking and, and character. And I know exactly, exactly what he wants to do. And I know exactly like I can perform because he doesn't waver from what he, he knows what he is. He knows what his character is. And it's like, it's just fun to work. You know, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's really fun because you know you get somebody like him who just, he doesn't care what the crowd thinks. I mean, he is, he's going to play his character. And it's uh, He's fun to work with, that yeah. is for sure. Well, it's it's fun to watch, and, and fans, if you want to see how it all plays out, again, it is happening on Saturday, September 10th. It is called the Stride Rumble. It is happening at the Sioux Drive Center. That's S-I-O-U-X. It's Drive Center. It's in Marion, Illinois. It's behind the old mall. It's by the pavilion in Marion. Uh, check us out on Facebook. You can get all the details there as well. Message us. Let us know. Uh, tickets are $10 each. You don't have to reserve seats. You can just come, buy your tickets. 
They'll have uh, refreshments there as well, so you can uh, come out and have a great time and support a great wrestling company in Stride Pro Wrestling. Tyler, anything else before we say goodbye this week? No, just, uh, you know, Stride, Stride stays in business because of the fans, you know, coming out and buying tickets. And so, you know, come out and, uh, and keep buying tickets and watch and, you know, and, and hopefully enjoy the first ever Stride Rumble. All righty. It's going to be an awesome night again, Saturday, September 10th. Friends, we'll see you there. Have a great week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.